everyone. You're listening to the Jersey Church Podcast, where we give practical tips to equip people to care and connect others to Christ. Welcome, everyone, to the Jersey Church Podcast. I am Todd Smeltzer here with my co-host, Matt Reed, and we are back together for yet one more episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's it going? It's going well, and this is the last one. We'll, have, we'll do one more, and this will, then we'll take a break for Christmas. Isn't that right? Absolutely, yes. And so this will be our sixth and final in our mini-series on how people grow. Uh, if you'll remember, uh, I guess it was five weeks ago, we started off with uh, you know, just this overarching question initially, you know, why don't we see more people? mature in Christ to the point that they were able to uh, multiply their faith with other people. And then we looked at uh, that God is in charge of our, our growth. And we looked at the different uh, aspects of uh, the Holy Spirit's role in our growth, then, uh, then on to uh, the person of Christ. Then last week was, how does the Bible help us grow? And then today, it is going to be uh, about uh, all about becoming righteous and what it looks like to uh, uh, grow in our righteousness, the importance of that, uh, the biblical precedents, and then uh, some practical aspects in living that out. So, uh, so Reed, you had put down here, obviously, one of the, the key verses when it comes to uh, our, uh, our right standing before the Lord is, is from Matthew 6.33, and that is to, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So when you think about you know, what our response looks like to, to that particular uh, verse, what, uh, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, I think uh, one, it's it's the word seek, right? Like it doesn't say uh, it. Well, it, it doesn't say like you're you're in the kingdom and you are righteous. Uh, now we know that both those are kind of true, but it says seek first His kingdom and His righteous. And it's and then obviously the second word is first, so it's making it a priority. So there's this idea that uh, that we need to make it a priority to seek God's kingdom, but also righteousness. Now, I mean, you know, let's be clear that the Bible, the Bible is clear that when we, um, when we accept Jesus as our savior, we are made righteous. You know, Romans 10, four talks about how you are declared righteous. Uh, Romans chapter five says that as well. And so when you, when you have faith in Jesus Christ and receive, you know, the salvation that he gives, you are made righteous. And I, and I love defining righteous as right before God right? Like you are right, correct, good before God. You're forgiven of your sins. Um, and we know that doesn't come by things that we do, but it comes through faith. Um, but, but I think with this, with Matthew six thirty three, there is an, an, an idea of that righteousness in which the, we just talked about is your eternal righteousness, which you have, but there is still a process in which you need to learn to live into that right? We still have temptation and sin and struggles and pains that, that uh, cause us to not live like righteous people. Uh, and it's this balance of, okay, I'm, I'm righteous, but I'm not yet righteous. Um, and, and I think sometimes when people come to know Christ, uh, they, they say, well, now that I'm righteous or now that, you know, God's in my life, everything's going to be okay. 
you know, everything, you know, God's going to, he's going to answer everything I ask. He's going to heal me right away. You know, life will be perfect. And, and what I found uh, over the course of uh, 30 years of following Jesus is, is that that's not the case, you know, that, that, uh, and I love the, I love the phrase that we hear a lot is, is God doesn't always calm the storm, but sometimes he just draws you close. Right. And, and so when this, when God's not necessarily fixing things around us, we ask the question of, of why. And I think the why is because he's doing something and because he's a good God, he's doing something good. And I think what he's doing is he's rooting out of us the things that are not of him, the things that aren't righteous, uh, that we may become righteous uh, and more righteous on this earth, more right with him on this earth. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, there's a couple other things, but Todd, what are your, any thoughts on that um, before I go too far? No, I, I think that what comes to mind is really just James 1 and, you know, this idea of, of considering a pure joy when we face trials of many kinds so that we can become righteous, you know, not lacking anything. Because I think our tendency when we look at a verse like Matthew 6 and uh, to seek his kingdom first, that all of this is going to come automatically as a result of that and life is going to be good and that should be the expectation. And yet it's oftentimes in life, what the Lord uses most is how we follow Christ in the midst of trials and how much of life really is embedded there and, and how much more, that stands out how much brighter our light shines, how much a watching world stands up and takes notice. Because, you know, when I think about it is if, if life is all well and good and, you know, just blessed beyond belief uh, by the Lord, well, then a watching world says, well, yeah, it's easy for you. You know, uh, you've had this happen, this happen, this happen, this happen. Of course you're going to, you know, has a little bit of Job in that too. However, what happens when uh, life becomes a struggle and you face uh, pain or sorrow or grief? Well, then when a person follows the Lord in, uh, in those circumstances, well, then a watching world has nothing to say. It's like, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense. Right. You're right. still glorifying the Lord. You're still thanking him. You're still grateful to him. And yet, look at the hand you've been dealt. Uh, look at what's happened in your life. Why in the world would you still uh, glorify the Lord and praise him when you find yourself in a situation like that? And then that, that opens up an, an even bigger door for the good news of the gospel. So I think there is um, so much that can be said about um, facing trials and knowing that that life and what timing uh, is better than the, the year that when, which you lived, you know, in 2020. And as we reflect back on this year, uh, and yet still looking forward uh, with joy and hope uh, in what, uh, what is to come in Christ. So, yeah. And I know that, you know, when, when people come to know Christ, um, you know, setting our minds right on how things function is, is good in the sense that, like you just said, like, it's not going to necessarily be easy. Um, and then kind of what I said earlier is it's, you know, it's, we are righteous, but we've, we've got to make some decisions here in seeking. Um, but there's also this idea that we, we have the desire to see, uh, our lives bear fruit, 
right? Like, you know, we, we could think of Galatians 5, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We want to see that come out of our lives. We also want to see other people's lives impacted. And that's, the, you know, the, the church doesn't have necessarily a, the only people that want that, right? Like how many people have you seen uh, on social media or on TV where they want to impact other people's lives? Like, I think that's an innate desire in human beings that we want to impact other people for good purposes. And, and what we see in the scriptures is, is the way to do that uh, is we bear fruit and we bear fruit according to the Holy Spirit. And as it, we bear fruit in our lives, it impacts others. And so we want that, we want that. But here in, in uh, Cloud and Townsend's book, um, you know, the How People Grow, they said this, this really amazing quote where it says, often God gives us thing, uh, God only gives us things that our maturity allows him to give. And so, you know, so it's, it's he basically saying that as we'll only bear fruit as far as our maturity will allow us to. And, and so, you know, and you think about that, that means that, you know, God's only, all fruit comes from God, all growth comes from God. And so if we bear fruit, it comes from God, but he's not going to give us these ridiculously, you know, uh, ridiculous harvests of great fruit if we, our, our maturity is real low. Um, and so that's what I, you know, we're going to kind of dive into here today is, is that maturity that we're talking about is, is, is righteousness. How do we become more righteous in our lives today? Which then in essence means how do we stop doing unrighteous things? Um, and, and I think this is where the whole seek first comes into play. You know, what does it mean to seek? It means to strive after, to hunt for, to look for, you know, you're, you're, you're making it, you know, the first thing that you think about in the morning and, and the thing you look through, uh, look for throughout your day, and 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 that's what it that's what it means to seek righteousness, um, because there is a growth process, right? Like like as we seek God, we will we will find Him, and as we find Him, we're going to learn things about ourselves and about Him, and uh, and it will cause cause change in our life, um, and and so that's the whole point of here of seeking. But we don't want to be seeking just anything. We want to be seeking righteousness because righteousness is being right before God and doing the things that are right before God. So Yes, and before we turn the corner to <clears throat> talking about unhealthy ways we can seek that out is even when we seek it out in uh, as the Lord of Desire is recognizing the fact that our fruit is going to look different than other people's fruit and being okay with that. Uh, I think there is a massive temptation when we are following up the Lord, we are growing in him. And all of a sudden we, this is something the Lord has been dealing with me on in major ways is all of a sudden we have this expectation of what it's going to look like moving forward. And I know if there's anything that's going to get me personally off track is when those expectations that I've came up with in my mind look different than uh, what transpires. And I think we see this time and time again. It's, uh, you know, you hear people talk about, uh, boy, this, this pastor over there, he's been so faithful and just an incredible man of God. And, and wow, how he preaches and teaches. And, and uh, you know, I'm just, you know, I just always wonder, you know, why is his church only like 100 people or so? You know, as if, you know, there's something wrong with that or there is something uh, that uh, has gone uh, just haywire there and the fruit isn't matching what they think uh, his gifts and abilities uh, should equate to. 
uh, and vice versa. You know, it could be on the other end of the spectrum where wow, you're in, in the life of a church or a small group or, or whatever your ministry ends up being, and it is just flourishing. And, and what, like you said, maturity-wise, I mean, that takes a tremendous amount of, of, uh, of maturity not to allow that to um, get to the point that we just, there's even a part of us that thinks that, wow, there's something about us that's leading to that. You know, I mean, I mean even Paul says, you know, I was given a thorn on my side so that I would not think more highly of myself uh, than uh, than what I should. So, uh, so I think there's an important quote that um, really has a lot to say on on how we handle the fruit that we're given, whether that is an abundance or whether that, at least in the world's eyes, or uh, is uh, is not in abundance and just being thankful for uh, whatever that transpires either in our life or in the life of another uh, in the ministry that we're doing for the Lord. Yeah. No, I think it's really good, Todd, because yeah, we don't, we don't want this, this, our, our conversation here to come across as, man, if you get this down, then you're really going to start reaping these, you know, these fruit that's the size of melons or watermelons. Right. And, uh, and no, and, and cause, cause you're right. Like the, the goal here is faithfulness. And, and I've always loved the phrase that, um, and I think it's a, I think it's a Chip Ingram phrase, Todd. There we go. We bring it full circle, uh, more Chip Ingram stuff. We haven't, we haven't mentioned Chip in a while. So there we go. Yeah, so maybe it's just timely. Maybe that's the right word. There you go. Um, but yeah, he says something along the lines of God wants to work in you before he wants to work through you. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's in God's goal is not for us to do great things, but to, to be greatly close to him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I, I, I love what you said there. And another way I've heard it said is, is, um, um, who you are is more important than what you do. Mm-hmm. Who, and you could say it, who you are is more important than the results you get. And again, who you are is, is connected to who Christ has made you to be of, uh, you know, a saved, chosen, loved, adopted son and, or daughter of, of God. And, and so, uh, so yeah, so I think that's true. Like that's where it all starts. And, and so when we talk about seeking the Lord, it's coming out of that, you know, out of that life with him. And it really speaks to that, as you said before, that growth is a process could be major waiting involved, (laughs) you know, just back to, uh, some of your message from this past Sunday in terms of, uh, how difficult it is for us to wait, but it might be something that we are, you know, planting and watering and and we feel like we have uh you know been in the fields for uh, for who knows how long and boy this harvest uh it didn't come this year uh it didn't come next year <laughs> and uh and it is a ways down the road but uh, uh but the important thing is that we're we're faithful day in and day out knowing that uh uh that in the in the end, we will be rewarded for that, whether that is um, shortly thereafter our faithfulness or uh, years down the road, or maybe not even until we, uh, we cross over to, uh, to spending eternity with, uh, with our Heavenly Father. So, uh, so knowing it is a process and why waiting is involved, it could be for so many different reasons. Like you said, you know, it could still be Boy, the Lord rooting things uh, out of us that uh, that we would just not be ready for uh, for that fruit, or it could be for uh, for other reasons beyond that. So, uh, so knowing it is a process, 
and um, uh, and thankfully, it is something that uh, that we can continue giving ourselves to knowing that we are serving a good God that is uh, uh, is going to do what is absolutely best for us at every turn. Yeah. No, I, you're right. You're right, and that's where, like you said, the waiting is tough. But that's where you have to go back to uh, what you just said. Your waiting becomes easier when you know God doesn't waste time and mm-hmm. God's a good God. And uh, just like this whole 2020 year, you know, like this whole thing has not surprised God. You know, the the pandemic, coronavirus has not surprised God. He knew. And and I've in some ways in my mind, I've equated it to as a, so I'm a, as a as a pastor, you know, my first thought goes to, man, I'm not getting to see people. I'm not getting to you know minister to them in, in person. I'm not going to tell people about Jesus. But uh, it actually reminded me of stories I've heard about uh, China when the communist government took over, right? The communist government takes over and they run out all Western um, missionaries. And so everybody, you know, everybody's forced to leave. Well, then a few years, you know, decades later, the, some of the missionaries were allowed to return or, or they got back in and they just thought the Chinese church would be decimated. But what they found was it was actually flourishing and growing underground, uh, but flourishing and growing. And what God did when all the Western missionaries uh, left is it forced the Chinese Christians to take their faith upon themselves. And, and so I've been kind of comforting myself with that going, okay, God, like, I have no idea why this, you know, why this is happening. I know it's really frustrating in my world of trying to connect with people and minister to them, but I'm trusting that you are doing something that is greater than I could even be part, you know, I, I could do or greater than, than I could even imagine. And so, uh, so I try to comfort myself that way, but it goes back to the same thing happens inside of us that when we have to wait on things or when things don't go our way, God is doing something. And like you said, Todd, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. So yeah. I think another part of that, that waiting could be uh, turning from uh, worldly ways. I mean, Ephesians four in t- talking about putting off the old ways of doing things and turn to the ways that God does things, you know, and that, that main point being, I mean, getting righteous and aligned with the ways of the kingdom uh, and getting healthy uh, are, uh, are really one and the same. And so I think that's a part of the process uh, as, uh, uh, as we, and that's, that's just never fun. You know, I, I think that the other um, analogy that comes to mind is, is the idea of pruning. And I'm amazed how, how much I can prune the bushes in our landscaping out, out in the front of our house and how sometimes it seems like overly drastic. I mean, we have this one bush beside uh, the, uh, the, the bay window and in, in front of the house that, uh, I mean, that thing grows like wildfire. And if you, if there's no pruning, you let it go. I mean, we basically don't have a window anymore. Yeah. I mean, that thing would overtake. And so I'm, I'm always floored by, Oh my goodness. I mean, I just, I just hack that thing to <laughs> no end just to get it to the point where it is going to be uh, within reason with the windows. And yet, what do you know? Next year, it comes back <laughs> stronger than ever. And But imagining that happening to you or I in the process of, of growing in Christ, oh my goodness, he's going to hack this off. <laughs> He was going to uh, rub this off. I mean, wow, uh, that is uh, that is not a fun process. 
very painful at times. Uh, and yet it ultimately goes back to uh, a good God being uh, at the core of, uh, of that process and knowing that, uh, well, in the end, we will be so much better off for it. Yeah. And that, and that's, that's similar to, or, well, we're not talking pre-Christian, right? Mm-hmm. These we're talking about, this is what God does to us as sons and daughters saved uh, yes. Christians. It's, is that we, we, we receive the Holy spirit and all of a sudden the Holy spirit starts to point out to us, Hey, so this part right here in your life, it's not righteousness. Actually, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a, an unrighteous uh, issue that you have, you know, whether it's a, a critical spirit or a, a line, a line tongue or whatever it is. And, and, and that's where you begin to go, Oh, that doesn't feel good. And God goes, no. And so he, he starts to have you lay that stuff down and repent of it and turn from it. And, and you don't just, you know, it's like, it's like trying to break a drug addiction. You don't just change, you know, sin is an addiction and we live in bodies that are skin and flesh and bone that are so used to living in sin you know, so um, accustomed to living in sin that the transition that happens to us spiritually takes a while for the physical body to catch up, takes a while for our physical minds to catch up. So, uh, so as we begin, and, and that's why I love sitting with a new believer where, um, I mean, I was sitting with one not too long ago where his, um, his marriage isn't doing great and he met uh, another young lady. And he's in his mind going, well, my marriage isn't going great. And it looks like my wife's going to leave me. And so obviously this lady's being nice to me. And he's going, what do you think? And in his mind, he's going, I got one person who hates me. And this person who's being nice to me. It's just a logical discussion. And, and I just looked at him. And I said, so, so are you divorced? And, you know, are you single? And he goes, no. I was like, so you're still married? He goes, yeah. And I go, so what do you think that means according to what we see in the scriptures? And, and as soon as I said it, he goes, you're right. You're right. And he just, he needed somebody to help him change how he thought. Um, and it wasn't that God couldn't have done it. You know, God used me in that moment, but, but uh, he has to train his mind. And it probably will be the last conversation I have with this young man who is trying to figure out what it means to follow Jesus. But, but it's learning to lay aside those old ways of, you know, getting what I want, having to have my own way and, uh, and, and walking with in the ways of God. And, and to do this though, as, as Christians, I think sometimes we get mixed up and, and, uh, again, in the book, how people grow, there's, um, there's two things that he points to. And he said, there's a religious way. And then there's the, the way of reality. And the religious way is the way that says you should do something because it's the right thing and it's wrong not to do the right thing. And, and you know, you talk, and they talk about how that's not really a, a I should is not a, a strong motivator. In fact, when people tell us that we shouldn't, I know I'm this way. When somebody tells me that I can't do something, I get a little bit angry. And it's like, who are you to tell me what I can and can't do? Uh, and, uh, and, you know, it used to be in sports. Then I would go like, you can't do that. You can't achieve that. And that's what would drive me. Um, now it's, you know, people could say stuff like, well, you can't park there. And even if they're right, my first instinct is like, don't tell me what to do. Uh, and then Paul even talks about this in chapter seven of Romans, where he says, we're given the law, but the law actually led us into rebellion because we realized what we weren't supposed to do and we wanted to do it. Um, and so that's this, this way of religion. It's a way of, um, you know, we, we have this thought process of, well, I have to do it. I should do it. But then there's this other way and it's called the way of reality, the, how things actually are. And it's, we, we, we don't want to put off the things of this world and put on the things of Christ just because it's the right thing, but it's because the thing that will give us life. 
And that's where the difference is. If you've ever known anybody who's been in a car accident and, or maybe they've lost somebody in a car accident because the person wasn't wearing a seatbelt, all of a sudden the seatbelt becomes much more important every time you get in the car because you realize it's a way that could keep you alive. And it's the same thing with setting aside the ways of this world and the ways of falsehood and of sin and accepting the ways of righteousness because you realize this is how I live. It's not because it's the right thing to do. It's just the way that I know will give me life. And so, um, so yeah. And, and I then, think in that uh, vein of, you know, another R word since we're on uh, this, this, this uh, train of, of religious and reality. I mean, I think how much relationship comes into play as well. Yes. Yeah. Because I think there's a part of us that, uh, and I've heard it said that, uh, I mean, there's at least a, uh, an aspect of, uh, of, a Pharisee in every one of us, meaning that we all in our heart of hearts really desire the law in some ways, you know, just give me a list of things I need to do, you know, that would be so much easier, you know, tell me, tell me, um, all right, you want me to grow in Christ, all right, um, write down the different ways that, uh, that that would make sense to do, and I'll follow that, but to your point from Romans 7, uh, that isn't going to be a motor. In fact, it's going to lead to greater rebellion versus a relationship with Christ where we are led through this process by one that has been tempted in, in every way and still uh, in the end has been proven faithful. And how much better that is, how much more loving it is, because I think when I think in terms of growing in Christ, that can become overwhelming at times. Okay, well, okay, well, what do I focus on next? You know, there could be a variety of different things. But, you know, we're asking a Heavenly Father that that is for us, not against us, and will lead us through that in a loving way. It won't overwhelm us. All right, Todd, well, here is 10 things that uh, would be good for you to uh, check off tomorrow, you know? And, and it's like, oh my gosh, where do we even start? Versus a loving father who I'm reading his word and there's, there's one specific thing that jumps out that, uh, that I, I know I need to act on or not act on. Uh, it could be the leading of the Holy spirit. It could be, uh, another, you know, brother in Christ that speaks truth, uh, into, uh, you know, into my life and in, in an RD situation. So, uh, uh, I think that, uh, that relationship plays in a critical role as well. Yeah. Well, and I love in Deuteronomy chapter six, I love this story as, as God gives Israel all the law, you know, and he says, these are the rules you're to follow. And then it says, when your sons ask you in the future, so ask you, what's the purpose of the law? Uh, he, he goes on, he goes on to basically say, tell them that we receive the law and we have these things from God for our prosperity and our preservation. Now, we're talking in the spiritual realm uh, in our day and age, but this was literally like Israel's like, if we want to stay alive in the land and we want to prosper, we need to follow these laws. So they didn't follow the laws because, well, eventually they did, but they didn't follow the laws initially because it was right or wrong. It was because they wanted to live. And I think mm-hmm. we need to take that perspective with our lives in this world as we uh, live it out and live out our faith is if you want to live, if you want to really prosper and your life be preserved, uh, on this earth, uh, while you're here, we do the things that God calls us to do. We, you know, we read throughout the whole scripture and we read those things, especially in the new Testament talking about what it means to follow Jesus. 
Um, and then, like you said, with, with relationships, we, we have to put ourselves in a context where, uh, where we can, people can help us with that. And we're kind of running out of time, but Todd, the last two points we wanted to hit, one was talking about understanding and insight. You know, you have to put yourself in a context where you are learning about uh, the ways of the Lord and helping figure out how that applies to your life. And, you know, and, and so I'll just throw my, uh, myself in here um, a little bit of uh, right now I'm working through some bad thought processes that, you know, if I get uh, challenged or if I have to make a tough decision, I, I get worried about what people might be thinking or what people think. And it, at times it could be paralyzing. Um, but what I'm finding is those are really thought patterns that come from insecurities that really aren't of God. They're of my flesh. And so when I begin to feel those things, I have to stop and I have to pray. And I have to remind myself of the truth and I have to say, well, that's not correct. And this is correct. I have to say, uh, that's not the way I should behave. This is the way we sh should behave because when I behave that way, I'm living out of a lie. I'm not living out of the truth. Um, and I found when I do that, I just feel better. You know, I feel better and I, there's more joy in my life. And, and I would say I, I experience more true life. Um, and so it's understanding those, not just the insights, but how it applies. But then the last point was discipline. And, and it's a discipline for me to change the way how I, of how I'm thinking. And that's not easy. That's like a constant. And sometimes I feel like I'm never going to change, but I have changed. But it's, it's the discipline of saying, I'm, I'm going to do this when I feel certain ways or when I have to make a big decision, I'm going to pray and I'm going to try to block out what everybody else says and just seek the Lord and his wisdom. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, go after that no matter what the challenge is. And, and you know, it, but there's, I mean, because I think a lot of times we think about discipline, everybody goes straight to reading the Bible and praying more, but it really is like how you think, how you live your life as well. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, those are the last two points I kind of breezed over and but Todd, did I miss anything? No, I think it, you really brought some of what I was going to conclude with. And that is, I was just as you were talking there, just thinking back, all right, how would I summarize maybe uh, some of the, the top things that, uh, that I have really taken away from this six-week miniseries? And, and honestly, I would say I've really appreciated breaking down all these different aspects of what the Lord provides for us to help us grow. Because and you know to to take a uh, a specific time and focus on God's word to take a specific time and and focus on God as our heavenly Father uh, and uh, and Jesus as our example and our Savior and the Holy Spirit that dwells within us that helps us in this process and then He doesn't leave us alone to do this He surrounds us with other people uh, that are. Um, striving to do the same thing and haven't been formed spiritually exactly as we have, that we can uh, sharpen one another, that we can encourage one another, we can challenge one another, we can uh, provide things along the way that will uh, will help us in that process. So again, we just uh, hope you've enjoyed the last six weeks. It's been uh, great to, uh, to process uh, what it looks like to grow in Christ with you guys. And we look forward to being back with you next week. So take care, everyone. All right. Bye, everybody.